Hi, everyone. This is Dr. Tracy Jones. Thanks for tuning in to the Tremendous Leadership Podcast, Leaders on Leadership, where we pull back the curtain on leadership. Our guest today is the tremendous Katie Bulmer. Katie speaks to women at colleges all over the United States. She's also the author of a book titled Sorority Girls Can Change the World and has a tremendous podcast titled Truth for Your 20s. She has a beautiful perspective on leadership, so stay tuned. You're listening to Tremendous Leadership with Dr. Tracy Jones. Hi, everyone. This is Dr. Tracy Jones. Thanks for tuning in to the Tremendous Leadership Podcast, Leaders on Leadership, where we pull back the curtain on leadership and talk to other leaders about what it takes to pay the price of leadership. And today, I am tremendously excited to welcome my guest on the show. This is Katie Bulmer. And Katie is an author and speaker to college women nationwide. And she is the host of the Truth for Your 20s podcast, which I could have had that a couple decades ago. <laughs> And everything she does is with her heart. And she says, she exhorts us to be who you needed when you were younger. She's also the author of the book, Sorority Girls Can Change the World. And she's a speaker to over 30 different colleges nationwide. Katie, thank you so much for being here. Oh, it's my pleasure. I'm so excited to talk about leadership. I love it. And I'm so excited to hear your perspective about the young emerging leaders, because I'm sure you get a lot of these young women at your events that are talking about, hey, how do I step up and fill the leadership role? Yes, yes, for sure. All the time. It's so encouraging and, and scary at the same time. <laughs> Well, that's really what we're talking about. And, you know, I loved, you know, my dad was very pragmatic and he always told me growing up since I was like little, uh, you know, leadership is great, but man, it's tough. So yeah. it, it, it didn't surprise me as much when I got the blowback or the backstabbing or the, hey, not everybody thinks like you, but it was still really difficult. Um, but it's so encouraging for you to share with um, young women out there. And I'm sure you talk to men too about what it takes to pay the price of leadership. So we're here to really talk about what it takes. And I'd love to share uh, here um, from you what your experiences were on paying the price of leadership. And the first one they talked about, Katie, was loneliness, all right? Hey, you're in college. Those are some of your funnest years. How can you possibly be lonely, right? <laughs> but could, yeah. you could you share with us what kind of the price of leadership as far as loneliness means for you in your leadership journey and what you would recommend to some of our emerging leaders if they are in a season of loneliness right now to um, deal with that? Yeah, thank you. I think it's so normal and it's something that we don't talk about a lot. I was mm -hmm. actually having a conversation about this recently with a friend and how we start off, you know, trying to do stuff on social media, perhaps trying to do a podcast or whatever. And it's like, is this thing on, you know, is anyone listening? Uh, and why are there no views? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Why are there no views? And, and it, what we concluded is this truly isn't the work of the weary. This isn't the oh. work of the people who give up. This isn't the work of the people who are like, Oh, great. I got a thousand likes, you know, crushing it. These are the, you know, you put stuff out there and sometimes it's almost better to be like, get the naysayers, get the, who are you? Get off the stage. Like, oh, at least you're alive. At least I have someone talking to me, you know? And I have so many times shown up, uh, especially on social media and, and you get the crickets in return mm -hmm. and, and you, you had this post and you edited it and you got a friend to look over it and you got the picture just right. And then it's like, did that, is it, what, what's happening? Is the algorithm working? You know, what's going on? So that has definitely been my experience of just feeling, you know, alone and 
specifically, I speak to sorority women. And I think this is such an interesting dynamic because I just turned 40 and my target market is in their 20s. And I feel like who even can understand my perspective as someone who I have a heart and a passion and I've never been more sure I'm what I'm doing when I'm speaking to these younger women, but who my age knows that and is doing that and can relate to that and understands what it means to do an IGTV, what it means to have a podcast. And so the, the group of the people I have alongside of me to encourage me in this niche space is very, very limited. And it's mostly people I know on the online space, but I'm so thankful for those people. And I, I cling to them with all, I'm like, let's talk every day. Uh-huh. I love that. And I think a lot of times when you're younger, you, you crave that, um, you know, we're all kind of recovered people pleasers and then we get more comfortable. But when you're younger, it's so important to be liked or validated and you want to, you want to speak out and, and, uh, you know, make your mark. But then if you don't get applause, that's, that's tough when you're younger. For sure. Yeah. Excellent. Well, then you talked about, I think you said it's not work for the weary. And I love that because the next price is going to be um, weariness. And how do you encourage people? You know, like you said, I love that you talked about, hey, when you're just putting your voice out there, I know when I published my first book, I had like a panic attack because I'm like, what if nobody likes it? And then like you said, I'm like, what if nobody even reads it? You know, kind of thing. And it's still so scary. But what do you encourage for people as far as stay in the course, um, paying the price as far as weariness. Yeah, that's good. I think that's something that really kind of changed my life on this because I would have told you probably even five years ago, there's other people doing what I'm doing. There's other people doing it well. Like my voice isn't as valuable. I'm just going to stay quiet. Like there's no point in adding to the noise, so to speak. And what I realize now is my voice is valuable because I come at it a different, at a different perspective. Like, for example, this is the funniest thing. We have this conversation all the time at my house, but my husband will listen to uh, a, a podcast, perhaps like this, but it's done by a man and it speaks to him. And he's like, so encouraging. He'll tell me, oh my gosh, in this podcast, I heard this. I'm like, oh, great. In one ear, out the other. A week later, I hear the, a similar podcast done by a woman and it speaks to me differently uh-huh. just because she's a woman. And not that I can't learn from men or women, or perhaps this girl has blonde hair or blue eyes or whatever it may be. There's no wrong or right in this. It's just we relate to people differently. She might be right. closer to my age. She might be closer to where I live geographically. For what, or maybe just that time. Maybe I wasn't receptive at that mm-hmm. moment. But a week later, I heard the exact same message in a different package. And I'm like, yes, that changed my life. So that has been like kind of fuel for me to, okay. yes, there are other women perhaps younger. There are other women older. There are other women doing perhaps the same thing I'm doing, but my voice is still valuable because I'm coming at it and packaging it in a different way. I mean, that is so important. And I can remember, you know, like leadership, writing books on leadership, whatever. There's 50 gazillion books on lead. Who am I? But I love how you said that. And even just like this past week. And so you, you came to this truth a lot younger than I did. I finally realized, no, my perspective is unique. And mm-hmm. I need to put that stuff out there just as much as the John Maxwell, the Andy Stanleys or the Ken Blatt, anybody else, because like you said, your, your journey is unique. And, and knowing that own personal value, man, that sure gives you the stamina uh, because you realize you don't have to get drowned out by other voices, you can rise and stand on your own. Yeah. I mean, it, it literally changed my life. Um, I'll give credit. Stephanie Mae Wilson, we booked her as a speaker and she came to our college and I was kind of behind the scenes helping book her and she was doing what I wanted to do. Okay. And I remember asking like, 
you know, I kind of want to do this. I want to be a speaker. I want to travel to colleges like you're doing. And she was like, well, your voice matters too. Why aren't you like, do it. Like I'll help you. And it was, yeah, technically we, we were competition, but she's like, there's room for all of us at the table. And I was like, yes, sister. Thank you. That was so empowering for me. That's awesome. Well, you know, the other, one of my favorite quotes is, I forget, I don't know if it's John Lewis Stevenson, whoever, but it's comparison is the thief of joy. And when we start comparing ourselves or go, well, there's no, there's no space for that. Oh no, we're also uniquely coded and wonderfully made. And then your experiences, nobody's walked that like that. Yeah, that's, that's absolutely beautiful. Okay. So we talk loneliness, weariness. The next point my dad talks about is abandonment. And typically, you know, we hear abandonment in a negative word, fear of abandonment, or, uh, you know, you're abandoning something, you're walking out on someone or something. But I think in this case, he was referring to uh, stopping what we like and want to think about in favor of what we need and ought to think about. So how do you, as you're emerging as a leader and it's so noisy out there, how do you dial in your focus and your clarity? Well, I, something I'm not expert at for sure. And this is something I'm like really good at it and then really bad at it. Mm -hmm. But for me recently, and actually I feel like I've become more dialed back recently because as especially right now, we're in June of 2020, if anyone is listening to this later, you know, pandemic, uh, racism fuels, burning down buildings, like there's a, there's a hot mess out there. And I feel uh, like I can't say anything right, that uh, there's a lot of noise. And so for me recently, it is getting quiet. Mm. And we were just talking about how I'm talking to you right now in my closet. It's become my favorite room in the house. I have a little, um, shelf halfway about waist height where I set my computer to do work and then underneath the shelf I sat on the floor and I have my prayers all over the wall it's become my little war room and when the world feels so loud and I'm almost like suffocating I just get quiet and I feel like that is when I can hear clearly I can see more clearly and some days of course are going to be more fuzzy than others but that has been my saving grace here lately that's absolutely beautiful. And, and I love how you, we, we um, need to abandon the bad stuff. You know what I'm saying? No, I think sometimes we, we look at, well, I want, uh, I want to abandon the good so I can focus on the great, but there's a lot of trash and nonsense out there. And I have so many dear friends, um, even believers contact me and they're so down. And I'm like, please stop engaging in this verbal vomit. Yeah. Stop. If you're going to abandon something because you can't have that peace and abandon that, um, that hostility and that evil, unless you separate yourself from it. Yeah, you have to. And I tell young people that all the time, like you choose what you pour into your brain. Right, right. Well, I I appreciate that because I think sometimes, you know, one of the great books I read was called The Contrarian's Guide to Leadership. And Steve Sample was like, look, you don't have to comment on everything. You don't have to invite, attend every argument you're invited to. And even as a college president, he didn't feel the need to make a statement, make a statement. And I love that you said that sometimes people are like, where do you stand on this? Well, that's my personal convictions and I'll do what I can do. But if you really want to know, then you would know me. If not, you just want to pick a fight and catch me on something and I'm not going to go there. So I'm really glad you touched on that because I think some of us are feeling a little muzzled right now, but there's so much we can truly do in the spheres of where it really matters. And that's all that counts anyways. Yes. I love that. No, that's so true. And I feel like just because you have a platform does that mean you're automatically an expert on every controversial issue there is under the sun? Like, listen, this is my lane. I study, I love, I am passionate about this lane. I have an opinion, but yes, I'm not going to pick a fight on everything else like that. Oh Lord. No. Right. 
I don't have enough boxing gloves for all that. <laughs> well, I know, and it's so draining. And, and then it pulls you off into these um, uh, no value added things and actually draining things. And, and sometimes that's the weariness too. You talked about how just knowing your passion fuels you. When you get all, away from that fuel source, that's when you start um, slowing down or, or drifting off or even stopping. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I have to have that quiet. That's like, you know, start your life from quiet is a quote I heard a long time ago. And sometimes just getting away from the noise, it feels so suffocating and so loud. And, and I think that's every day. And there's so oh. many voices screaming at us. You know, this is fairly new problem. Our grandparents certainly didn't have all of this and even our parents. And now it's like everyone's opinion all the time, every day, like, well, just set it down, unplug right. it and get <laughs> quiet. Like that. Go in the closet. Truth. I love yeah. it. I love it. And, and do you, um, do you have set times where you Sabbath or do you start your days with this? Are you kind of an early riser? I like hearing, I like hearing the leader's schedules about where they really find that calming space where they get peace and hence clarity before they can go out and take action. Pre-COVID, I was a 5.30 a.m. kind of girl. Okay. Wow. We don't have as much schedules as now. We don't have to get the kids to school and things like that. So I usually wake up at seven. That's significantly later, I feel like. But I get up about seven and kind of do my quiet time. What I am, and again, I'm not like super disciplined about this, but I try and take a Sabbath from social media once a mm -hmm. week because it's just good to take mm -hmm. a little break. And, you know, there's only so much you can add to the noise. There's only so much you can absorb from all of mm -hmm. the noise. And I think that social media is a tool and I, and I'm the first to say it is a good thing. And that's how I found you. And it's, you know, it is definitely a tool for good, but like with any technology, a, a brick is used for good and it can also be used to bust a window. You know, wow. social media is good and it can also be not good. Mm -hmm. So I try and take a break. It's usually a Saturday or Sunday where I'm just like, I don't need to know right now. So that's kind of how I kind of unplug. Right. And is that primarily how you engage with the young ladies that you're building relationships with? Is that primarily through the social media platform or your podcast? Yeah, both. Okay. So, uh, Instagram. We love the Instagram for my young friends. And I've recently got on TikTok. I don't know if oh, you know. Oh, good about for this. you. <laughs> and I, it's, it's funny. It's interesting. It's like a, it's such an interesting platform, but it has begun such such a tool. I mean, one minute or less videos to get your message across. And I have recently become more intentional about talking about dating and healthy habits and um, the way God's designed for sex and some controversial things that have landed well, because somebody's got to talk about it. And, you know, this is a mission field that the young people are on. And um, yeah, it's been really fun to kind of be, you know, there's so many different forms of social media. I don't think you have to be on all of them. Mm -hmm. You just have to be where your audience is. That's, that's really, really well said. And, and I love that. Yeah. We had a, a young lady we interviewed earlier this week and she's gone viral on TikTok, and it was just ah. so cool to hear how, yeah, how, what she puts out and what she does for that and how she uses it to build her fan base and just encourage people. It seems like everybody's using it to just for the betterment of, of all. Yes. Yes. I think that, you know, again, it's a tool. It can be used for good or for bad, just depending on whose hands it's in. Absolutely. Okay. So Katie, we talked about abandonment and the last point my dad talked about the price you have to pay for leadership is vision because you have to be setting the course of where you, if you're a solopreneur or your organization needs to go, how do you craft your vision or what does vision mean to you? So vision, I have a couple ways. One is I have a journal right here and I write down a few things every morning as if they've already happened. For example, I am a $50,000 a year speaker. I am not currently, but by golly, writing that down help, that. helps me yeah. Kind, of, yeah, kind of get there. So I write down some 
tools and some dreams that I want to accomplish. I also have an Excel spreadsheet that I look at periodically and it's just, I just call it big dreams and things I want to have accomplished. And it's fun because I'll look back every now and then I'm like, done, done, done. Mm-hmm. And then I have a few more ideas. And so just kind of putting those together, but uh, just keeping the vision in my forefront. One of the most powerful things that I have done because naysayers, the biggest naysayer I have in my life is myself. Mm-hmm. And the mean girl in my brain, you know, who do you think you are? You're not good enough. You're not strong enough, blah, 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 blah. And she is, she is not a nice person. I don't like her. But the other side in that same brain has learned recently, and I've probably only done this about 10 times, I would say, but, and I just started this this year, but started writing letters to myself as my own biggest fan. So like Katie, I'm so proud of you. You figured out MailChimp. It was the hardest thing you've ever done and you wanted to become crazy over it, but by golly, you figured it out and now you are a MailChimp ninja. I'm so proud of you. Little, little things like that, encouraging myself. Like when I started the podcast, you were scared to death. You didn't know what the heck you were doing and look at you. You've already got 17,000 downloads, you know, stuff like that just to help encourage myself. Those being your own, you know, cheerleader, especially when you are an entrepreneur or a solopreneur and you don't have a team, you don't have feedback. Like even if you do talking to yourself, that pot, you know, that mean girl, she has her place, but by golly, squashing that voice and letting that nice, encouraging girl have her turn. It, it's powerful. Well, I love that because for everybody out there, and I think this is why people are in such a state of distress, um, the only form of motivation that lasts is self-motivation. And you may have advocates and cheerleaders in your life. You may have great parents. You may have a strong faith, or you may not. But but even if you, you can have all that and still be completely unmotivated, miserable, as my dad would say, thumb sucker. Um, <laughs> but the person that learns to motivate themselves, then no matter what goes on out there, we can still stay focused in our closet with our prayers up there and, and, and writing ourselves letters to encourage ourselves. I love that. Yeah, it's been really exciting. I have, you know, right here, I have a pile of journals, but I try and keep it together where it's like my encouragement journal, I have my Bible, I have my to-do list kind of journal. So, but at least I have, you know, I know which is one at each spot. That way I can go back for it. But yeah, that letters to myself has been really powerful. And do you actually write them out or little notes or? I write it out, dear Katie. Oh my gosh. And then do you give them to yourself right then? Or do you save them up? Or when do you give them? What do you do? I keep it in the notebook. I just keep it in the notebook. And so it's typically like, I'll write the date and I say, dear Katie, you know, like, I'm so proud of you. You figured this out. It was really hard for you. Look how far you've come. Remember, remember you thought that you couldn't do this and now you can like little things like that. It's been really powerful. Okay. So break this down. A lot of us us entrepreneurs, you know, we can be like squirrel, you know, we have (laughs) there, we have no shortage of ideas. Okay. But it's, it's getting it in a structure so we can execute. Tell me about the different journals you have and what you put in them. And are they handwritten journals? Do you do it electronically? Tell me what works for you. Oh, good question. So the Excel Excel spreadsheet is where I keep all of the big dreams. And that's something that, um, you know, I can actually, I share, I have an intern who helps me and I share with her that way we can kind of keep top of mind what we're working toward. Okay. But yeah, I can show you it's a five subject notebook. Okay. Right? So I have it separated in, I, I work in a marketing job. So marketing is what I do by day. And so I have little notes in there to keep that together. And then I have my podcast, I have my sorority girls, big dreams. And then I have my best self, which is usually where the letters to myself are or um, meditations or just things like that, like becoming your best self. So yeah, I have it into five different sections and that way I know where everything is and it's all in one big five subject notebook. 
and it helps keep me sane. I love that. And then what goes in the Excel spreadsheet? Is that for you to kind of grow the business? Yeah, that's more a vision business. I call it just my big dream. So I put videos I want to do. I have like, I want to do an online course. The podcast was on there and I did that. I wanted to republish my book, which I did right before COVID, which wasn't great timing because the promotion kind of got squashed, uh-huh. <laughs> but little things like that, that I, big dreams that there aren't going to be, you know, a one day kind of project, but I put them on there. That way I have them top of mind and then I can check them off when they're done, which is such a breath of fresh air when they're done. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, you know, there's a reason the timing of that got moved back you know as well as I do. That's one of the greatest lessons to really encourage other leaders is if if it didn't happen when you thought it was, there's a reason for it and you'll see it and then you'll be like, oh, I can't even believe this. You know what I'm saying? So, and I think the the older you get, the more you you just get comfortable with that, that you know what, it'll free up kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, I didn't stress too much about it. You know, so thankful this whole crazy quarantine thing because I was like, okay, I'm an Enneagram three. I don't know if you know much about that, but I do, I do, yeah. I'm the achiever. Let's get stuff done. So I'm like, we're going to take this time and I'm going to redo my website. And I did, and it looks so much better. And again, it was one of those things I'm like, oh, it was so hard, but by golly, I got through it and I did it. Yes. So I get through all these things, but now I'm kind of in this spot, like, mm, now what? <laughs> now what? <laughs> well, I love that. Well, hopefully we'll get this out to our tremendous fans and I would love, you know, I got to get your book and I can't wait to hear more about how you're going to grow this and do this. So Kate, anything else you want to share with our leaders listening? Any other lessons that you would like to impart with them with your wisdom or your particular walk? Oh, you're sweet. I would say you see what you're looking for. So I am really, really passionate about our next generation. I call them of world changers. Mm. Yes. A lot of people will say, Oh, the next generation or they're going to hell and they're all a hot mess. You're going to see what you're looking for. And I see a lot of incredible young people who are really, truly eager and ready and excited to be the change. And when I give them messages like this, I get emails like, oh my gosh, tell me what resources, tell me how I can buy fair trade. Tell me how I can support with my dollars and my leadership position within my sorority to make a difference in my community. And so I'm seeing that and I'm seeing these women who are setting higher standards in dating, which is a huge deal because we see a lot of junk when it comes out there to unhealthy relationships. Right. So there, yes, of course you're going to see junk. And yes, of course, I'm here to say that there's amazing young men and women out there that are wanting to be the change, to set a higher standard and to be encouraged that there is light for our next generation. And I'm, I'm hopefully cheering them on. I just see some incredible things and I'm really hopeful for what they're going to be when they get to be grownups in this real world. Well, I love that. And there's like a generation between you and me. And I, whenever people poo poo the younger ones, I'm like, Hey, I'm kind of a very tail end boomer gen wire right, right in the split. But I said, we have a lot of slackers in our generation. I mean, come on people, you know, it's not some kind of evolutionary thing. There's people that will always be doing more than their fair share and ones that won't. So we just, the ones that don't, aren't going to be listening to our podcast or reading our books or doing what you tell them to do. That's okay. We got, we got other fish to fry. We got other minds to encourage and lift up. Yeah. And they're the ones that are going to be the change. So they are. Yeah. They're the ones that were like, come on, sister, we got this. And we're going to link arms with them and show them the way. And, and, and I used to think it was competition and that was my young, dumb brain, <laughs> young inexperienced brain, I should say. And now I'm like, there is room for all of us. I'm so passionate about that because right. I have young women message me. I want to be a speaker. I want to be an author. Well, come here. Let, let's talk. I'll tell you all the things you need to know. Like your voice matters too. And so I'm just cheering them on that to do it, to do it, to that. not be afraid. Yeah. 
Well, I heard this one speaker, and this is, I think it was last year, and it wasn't, it, her whole thing was not Wonder Woman, it was Wonder Women. And so we are a collective. It's not just one, she's the archetype, but there's, you become a Wonder Woman because of all the Wonder Women that, that you attract and, and, uh, and pour into you. And, and men, men, Wonder Men, men. And yeah. uh, Katie, where did you, where did you, um, what encouraged this kind of outlook on life, this positivity? Did you have, was it your parents? Was it your faith? Did some, a female figure come into your life at an early or male figure? How, how did you get hooked on this? Oh, so many little things. My husband is very well read. He, he's like the quiet world changer behind all of this. So I'm the one, you know, on stages and, and airplanes and writing and stuff. And he's the one who is encouraging me so steadily. <sighs> he's well read. He's well, uh, he prays for our family. He's just a very, a rock of our family. So mm. he's been very encouragement throughout everything that I've done. But yeah, for sure. I mean, my faith when I, before all of this started, it sounds as crazy, but I was having a breakdown in our walk-in closet, <laughs> different house that we live in now, but it was a, a long story how I got to this breakdown, but literally like a toddler tantrum at God. Like, can you see how hard I'm working? Are you, are you even alive up there? Like what is happening? What's going? And if ever I've heard the voice of God, he's like, when did I ever even ask you to do all of this busy work that you're doing? Share your story with sorority women. That is what I've uniquely equipped you to do. And I've never been more sure since or before then that I've heard the voice of God. And so I didn't know what that looked like. Of course, I had no step. I had no plan, no clue what it would look like, but it was just one scared step in front of the other. And that's the other thing. I don't think, I don't think fear goes away. I think you just keep walking and right. then you just keep walking forward. And all of a sudden you are more and more confident that, Oh, this is what God had in mind. And mm -hmm. you are more confident that that's where you're supposed to be. Well, thank you for sharing that, that transparency, because I think for a lot of our emerging leaders out there, it gets really tumultuous and dark right when the breakthrough happens. Yeah. And, and that's a combination of God pruning you, um, letting you think that you can do it through your own <laughs> tenacity and strength. And, you, you know, you, you can. But trust me, if anybody could have done it, it would have been us. But then, but he lets us with grace just go along our happy way, like we're going to change the world ourselves. And then um, the, the whole timing is everything's lining up. And I think also you, you got clarity because otherwise you could have been spread so thin, nothing would have landed on the mark or you would have burned yourself out kind of thing. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Katie, thank you so much. Now tell folks how they can get a hold of you, where they can subscribe to your podcast and where they can get this tremendous book that you have just coming out. Uh, awesome. Yes. I'm most active on Instagram. It's at katiebulmer.life. That's B-U-L-M-E-R. So at katiebulmerlife is my Insta handle, also my website. And my podcast is called Truth for Your 20s. Mm. So you can stream that wherever you get your podcast. And anybody of any age will get truth from it, right? I hope so. I get lots of uh, in, what is it called? comments on the iTunes that people of all different ages have tuned in and, and really enjoyed it. Well, truth is timeless. Oh, I love it. Well, thanks, Katie. And for our listeners, please go over, subscribe to Katie's channel, subscribe to Tremendous Leadership, hit like, leave us a comment, also five-star rating wherever you're listening to us. And I just want to thank you so much again, Katie, for sharing your wisdom with us, for what you're encouraged this next generation of future leaders. I know you have been such a tremendous encouragement to me. Oh, likewise. Thank you so much. You're welcome, Katie. And to our tremendous listeners, thanks so much. Have a tremendous day. Thank you for listening to Tremendous Leadership with Dr. Tracy Jones. Find out more about Dr. Jones at www.tremendousleadership.com.
If you've been ignited by something you heard in this episode, let us know by leaving a review for Tremendous Leadership wherever you listen to podcasts or by sending us a message through www.tremendousleadership.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.